My name is Susie Can, and I hope you enjoy exploring with me the thoughts that come with this thread. If you have any interest in supporting what I'm doing or getting in touch, please do so through the website kylak.ie, where you will also find other resources and connections that I create around each podcast so that if some of the tweaks of interest come to you through them, you have a place to go to go a little further and deeper or to find other information or to find a way to support by maybe wanting to collaborate or offer something or even a donation. Thanks for listening. So for this last thread on crafts and practical things that I've touched on, just a few, to try to encourage people to feel the joy of going back to being able to do something with our hands, that idea of making use of whatever skills you can, whether that's fine motor types of things or using other limbs or even a mouth to paint with whatever you can to try to create and experiment with craft connected to creativity in a sometimes functional way and sometimes that blend of functional with aesthetic. Going back into that more frequent crafting season as we turn into the winter, there are longer nights by the fire if you can digitally detox and switch off from that, you can have some quieter times reading books and so on. But one of the great pleasures is kind of doing a stock take on what craft materials you have accumulated, whether bought or foraged or made. So maybe you have made paper and you have some paper that you have natural materials woven through in some way and you can take out sewing kit and maybe using natural fibers that you stripped and dried you could create little books or for gifts for midwinter celebrations or cards for people out of these kinds of assemblage of the materials that you've created and and can now kind of put together in maybe little paintings or stuck together, sewn or stitched or glued ways that you fancy. And stock taking as well on things that maybe were there and have gotten too soft or re-moistened and there's some mold or any of that on old fibers. You can sometimes need to just clear out plant-based materials, especially if they're not stored well and stored dry. And it's still a nice time for foraging on winter walks in woodlands and on beaches to pick up driftwood or shells or pine cones and seed heads that could form part of your craft boxes in that celebratory way in winter decorations. I think bringing a little bit of the outside in and bringing the brightness around solstice that will be coming next in terms of candles and colors and shapes and forms is a lovely 
way to craft in the winter. And then the other things that I have talked about throughout this is really having the step into it to trying things out. So maybe having done that, there's a little bit of stock taking around what have you really enjoyed or what not just from this podcast and the practical ideas that have been on it, but just from exposure to what other people are up to. I'm certainly intrigued by someone I met earlier this year who's been doing a lot of work on natural plant dyes. And years ago, I had some experiments with making natural plant dyes from fairly simple things like how onions, where you take the skins off and boil those up and you get quite a strong yellow dye or in the past I've used tea bags and coffee grinds to dye things and then just some of the berries that give you different colours as well and beetroots. But I didn't really get very elaborate in figuring out this. I know you can use different ways to fix and size the dyes into materials. I was watching some of the little clips of sharing that this person was doing on the plant dyes and I thought, oh, that's one to kind of mark my card of interest over the winter potentially to do a little bit or to start thinking about setting up to do again in, in the future to have material and to play with dyes. And the other one that is equally interesting to me is making your own natural pigment and using that for painting or potentially for different colours of clay to play with clay plasters because we hope to be doing a little bit of clay plastering in our cob barn. At the moment, it seems for me that having like I'm still likely to do spoon making over the winter. It's something I really enjoy doing by a fireside. But I think there's something coming through for me around dyes and colours and inks and paints. Probably a couple of years ago, I saw a piece about how to make black ink from the soot gathered in little bowls. The young Chinese woman is very famous on YouTube around the world, but also very famous on now Chinese YouTube that I think I've mentioned before. Lizzie Chi, it might have been her, where she had set all these little bowls out with candles and it was the soot that the, the bowl sat above the candle and that gathered the black soot. And she then went through quite lengthy process of working with that until she ended up with a solid ink block of the type that you use to use for Chinese writing and for other kinds of, of artwork. I am a bit intrigued by going back maybe to getting a little bit more involved with the plant materials that yield these colours or the earthen materials and minerals. I think it's a good time to do that sort of a stock take on both the materials, but also what interests you and what you might like to learn more of over this quieter period. Because outside, in terms of things like the garden, there's a great deal less to do. By the time you've passed through Samhain and you're facing into winter solstice, there's just a quiet in the garden. There's a, a shift to whatever you haven't got done is just not going to get done. <laughs> there might You might have taken and emptied compost heaps out and earlier you might have sowed your green manures and you may have planted bulbs for next year for spring colour or 
you've done those things, but really as you pass into November and December, it's rare that you would do those kinds of jobs in the winter. And the last things that you might have planted in the vegetable garden in a mild winter like it's been, you could maybe get in your garlics or broad beans, things like that, that can go in and just sit over the winter and I'll come back around. And similarly, whatever you've sowed in undercover in glass houses and polytunnels, like winter salads or winter keef peas, they'll, they'll have they'll have grown whatever they're going to grow now and they'll just sit there and then wait for the spring light to get going and give you early greens. So there is that this real sense of pause. Maybe there's a, a last bit if you do like us have a have a stove. You might be gathering in wood and chopping up kindling and bundles and things that are good to keep you warm as an outdoor activity on a cooler winter day. And as I said, the foraging and walking are good things to do outside, but there's definitely not the same level of, of garden work, working with the plants because they've all gone to sleep and they've gone more and more into dormancy. The last leaves are beginning to fall on the tree, off the trees or be blown off the trees. So everything's going into that winter sleep. So interfering with that in the plants, it's not a time really that you're getting annuals to grow because they're just not in that state. It is a time that you can think about once all of the leaves are off, where you can think about bare root planting of hedges or trees. Because once they're in small little single whips of one or two year old trees of any kind, once they're in dormancy, this can be a time to plant extra hedging for birds or apple trees or native woodland trees as little little trees you, you can do in over the winter until the sap starts running again. And that's bare root. That's what that's talking about. The they've, They're in a kind of state of dormancy. So you can take them and as long as you keep the roots moist and not dried out or especially from cold winds where they might damage them, you can plant those on decent days and that's that's a nice relationship. So it's like working with trees and the, the full cycle of that is often something I think about in the winter with firewood and kindling and tree planting and hedge planting. Other winter jobs, if you want to do any shaping or land forming, this is when you're disturbing much less of the wildlife. If you wanted to add in a pond so that you create a space for the spring and let it fill up over winter. This could be a time for that. Or hedge trimming, if you have to cut back something and you can't let it go wild. Uh, this is also a time where the birds are not nesting. Some of those jobs that don't have to do with the annual garden and the annual cycle of seed to plant. And one thing that I'm going to be doing over the winter is a dry stone wall that I've started and great job to do in the winter because you get warm really quickly lifting rocks. So I've got a whole lot of rocks that came out of the site of our cottage and its extension and I'm making a boundary for the garden out of them. And I'm not an expert dry stone waller, but I started in the lockdown last year making the little herb garden, that little wall that had a hollow in the middle of it and is a, a small planted, like a, a kind of linear planter that's now abundantly producing lovely herbs. 
this is more of a retaining wall that I'm doing for a bank. With that, I needed some good big rocks on the bottom layer. So they're definitely causing me to build up a good bit of warmth as I position those. And then I'm just layering, pulling back soil into the gaps and putting in spacers and then trying to keep as flat a face. But I'm not too worried about it being exactly flat because I want it to kind of be in keeping with an old look of the front of the cottage. It's quite an old cottagey style, so I don't want a straight linear look to it. So I just position rocks that seem to fit and use sometimes another rock to make sure they're stable before putting the next layer and pulling back a bit more soil in behind them. And every now and then I do look for a kind of locking stone, one that can maybe have a flattish face, they call them the dog's head stone, where you've got a flat back and a kind of a roundy shape and then a pointy bit at the front like a nose. And I'm going to tuck in the nose into the bank or if I have a really long one, tucking that into and pulling soil in and around all of that so as that it's kind of tied into the soil. Then I hope to plant a winter hedge with some Rosa Rugosa and other wild roses in along that and then maybe have space at the front of that hedge for some wildflowers and bulbs and colour. So I hope that this practical thread has encouraged you to try your hand at things it wasn't intended to be a full instruction manual on any of the crafts or garden things that I talked about throughout the year, but rather a dipping in, a little bit of thinking about what you might enjoy to do and what you might get from that and where that might help connect you to the ecology around you, the plants around you, the through through crafting, through through working with those natural materials in different ways.